practice day was pretty good. Now it's saying it's recording. <laughs> um, but uh, the first day of practice was okay. First day of shooting was okay, judging. Uh, second day was pretty good. And the last day, the judging was on point. And I think it was just a matter of time of um, all the practice judging leading up to it. Um, the uh, escalated judging. Um, and then finally seeing some 3D targets and judging them. Um, that's probably the best way to do it. Is like no no judging uh, replaces uh, looking at 3D. Um, you don't have to shoot 3D, but you know judging on 3D. Uh, unfortunately, the club that where I'm at, they only change the stakes once in the last month and a half. So, you know, by the time the second uh, go around yeah. through the course, you know, there's no judging anymore. Like you already know. Like yeah. <laughs> so subconsciously or consciously, you you pretty much know the course <laughs> yeah i guess uh, the only thing i noticed and we talked about it a lot while we were at etar walking one of the i think it was the mount one of the mountain courses whatever you're talking about how you know you can get really good at recognizing an animal and knowing that distance but like the one thing that always messed me up was the size of the target like i could look at one target. you remember the, the one we were standing with uh uh, Paul and we're like oh that's 23 and he's like no that's 27 and then we got the range finders out he's like oh I swear that was 20 he said I swear that was 27 you know but it was like I think it was a small if I remember correctly it was like a small body doe and it looked it did it looked like it was it was longer when we just came from one that was like a big body at like 40 yards and you know that's one thing with judging distance always screwed me up personally um, I guess the way you do it with like trees and stuff that probably maybe alleviate some of that discrepancy. Yeah. It takes, it takes some of that out because I'm always looking at different colors and different sizes. Um, I, I do, you do I do screw up a lot um, practice in that way, but you know, in, in the end it does take away some of the, the size differentials. Um, you get more dependent on looking at ground and, and a, you know, a couple other different ways of reconfirming or denying like that you were accurate. Yeah. So they, Gotcha. And, that, and that's how that's all the, the the known pros they they judge distance so well as they look at that they have you know most of the good ones they have the whole course um if ibo uses 20 targets they own all 20 and they set them out and they know what they look like they know what size it is they know when they pull back just like you know judging field distance you know for the most part, if you pull back and you're five yards off on that animal, you know through your peep or through your sight that head animal looks way different than what you think it does. And hmm. and you're gonna have to make up, you know, some adjustments aiming higher, aiming low, because for IBO, you're not allowed to uh, change your sight. If uh, once you, I think once you glass it, you're not allowed to change your sight. Really? Yeah. Interesting. For, uh, for world archery, you can move your site whenever you want uh but for ibo i believe you're not allowed to move your site after you after you glass the target interesting so you have to judge the distance beforehand then you can look at the vitals and whatnot yeah it's it's either you can't judge it after you glass or you can't judge it after you let down um or you can't you can't change your pin but i know there's there's some restrictions on the ibo for that i wonder i, I I've never talked to Levi. I would love to know what Levi's strategy is. And I don't know if he's ever publicly put it out there, but he's literally like a walking range. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he tells you 
yeah the deepest darkest secrets because there's there's pretty much only two that that judge for the most part really really good consistently all the time and that's dan levi mm-hmm. and i don't i don't recall ever seeing either one of them to try to tell people how they judge you know the only one that i actively see is jack uh, wallace is the yeah. only one that really actively tells you how he judges yeah yeah uh, and his his actual I don't want to call it training regimen, but like his approach is very similar to what you do and what we've talked about in the past. So I do know, I mean, Jack's been around the game a long time, but I know what he does is definitely similar. Um, we, I did a podcast with him on the peak side and I know he's done a series on, um, on another podcast as well. So. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that carries over to Sharon because Sharon shoots 3d pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk about IBO, the format as far as barebell longbow trap. Um, what's the what's the format for the competition for those people out there? So we have a lot of target followers. We don't we don't we probably don't dive into 3D nearly enough. Um, geez, when was the last time you shot it? Like two years ago, three years ago? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, it might have been the uh, last time I shot the uh, Open IBO World Championship was oh gosh, I don't know, probably seven years ago. Yeah, it was. It was a long time. Um, yeah, uh, Trad Worlds was probably three or four years ago. That's what I'm thinking of, I think. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the format of the event itself. How does it break down? Uh so like the so like they did the Trad Worlds earlier this year. You just you just can go and sign up and shoot, you know, on scene. Um this I this one they had registration in the past, you had to register. I don't know, a few days before the shoot starts, um, but this one, they had it open until like Wednesday, I think. You could still sign up, but not many people do. They usually just sign up ahead of time, so you can get your shoot times and, and get your schedule down. Um, so the format is you shoot uh, 20 targets on Thursday, 20 targets on Friday, and if you shoot in the f- top five scores, you shoot 10 targets on Saturday. Um, it's a, the, the top five scores is not what most people think it is. So if there's a tiebreaker, like say you and I are shooting and we both shot like uh, say 350 mm-hmm. and there was two scores above us and two scores below us, but we had, we were tied. That actually only counts as four scores not five because okay. we both shot 350. So that only counts as one score. So for them, there's, you know, they don't tiebreakers, man. They just keep adding people. So you can, you know, theoretically have 20 people in the, in the final 10, but um, I've been in a class where we had as many as seven. Mm-hmm. Um, we had two ties and I've been in ones where we had six. I think there was six female barebow this year because there was a tie. And I think all wow. the other classes, straight up five nice um let's let can you can you give a breakdown of the distances for longbow trad barebow okay yeah so um barebow we're the only group on the uh, single string side that shoots 30 yards max um everybody else shoots 25 so longbow trad female trad or there's no no sorry let me take that back there used to be female trad but there's not anymore it's just they put everybody in, in female barebow. So there's female barebow, longbow, trad, senior trad. They all shoot from the white stake, which is a 25-yard max. Um, 
And the difference between long is is the only difference between longbow or I'm sorry, uh, trad and barebow is that string walking is not allowed in trad. And is there anything else with trad that's different? Uh, trad, I I think um, I think they restricted the riser size now. I okay. think i think it might be a 21 inch maybe oh, wow. um, they did they did a bunch of changes um this year and i'm not like super up to date on the uh the trad side yeah no worries i can put like the link to all that stuff um in the in yeah. so those of you who are interested or want to know or whatever i'll put the link so you guys can look it up but uh, that's interesting to know I, I didn't know that was a i didn't know that was a criteria it's kind of yeah. outside so, you got to shoot, you got to shoot trad off the shelf and no string walking, no face walking. Right. And then long bows, obviously straight same, up same long bow, one piece, yeah. two piece, one or... piece, two piece, wood arrow, one piece, two no. piece, wood arrow. got it. No, no string walking, no face walking. Perfect. All no right. weights, no added accessories. It's, you know, so, it's everybody thinks long bow is. <laughs> this is all, this might be a loaded question. Are they actively inspecting and doing that stuff or is there just judges on the course is uh, it self-policed no, no, no. self or what yeah it's all self-policed um you know they they thought about like nfa used to you know they used to inspect all the equipment and they get they throw a sticker on your bow but there's nothing stopping people from changing stuff once they get inspected so ibo doesn't bother with inspections it's up to the group to police um you know it's you know, it sucks if you got to protest people, but you know, yeah. it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's self-policing. So if someone's doing something obviously wrong and intentional, then you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Especially if it's, if it's a close battle or something, it sucks a little bit, but it, it happens. You know, there was one, uh, one of the last IBOs I shot probably eight or nine years ago at, uh, open world. There's a gentleman shooting a weight inside of a riser the trad side and that's a no-no so you know he knew better i think he shot that class for years did it i don't know if he just whatever um yeah but they they uh protested him i think they probably warned him and then you know the shooter warned him and he did it anyway and you know that was it put yeah. put your 50 bucks forward they rule it in your you know if they uh they deem it it's illegal then you get your 50 bucks back yeah, that's the way most of the organizations are. When you file a protest, you pay a fee, go to the competition committee. You probably have to put it in writing, state your case. They review it, and then they either give you your money back or you know, whatever. If you win, or if you don't if win, you keep it. Uh, you're for a couple on me, second, John. Hold on. Here, like, um, and there's quite a few board, board members at the championship. You, you, uh, I don't know if you can hear me. You cut out on me there for a second. You froze. Ooh, you're glitching, my friend. Give me one second. You're give yourself one second. See if it comes back. You're, you're actually stone cold froze on my screen right now. This happened last time, I think. <laughs> there you are. All right. I got you I back. Yeah, I missed that whole last sentence that you said. Oh, I just said there's a lot of board members at the World Championship. They usually pretty much get everybody to come to it. So they're they're easy to find. It's pretty informal and it's usually pretty quick ruling. Nice. Gotcha. 
All right. Good enough. Well, I mean, I think we covered most of the details. If unless there's something about the tournament or anything about the organization or whatever you want to talk about. I mean, I think we kind of um, covered all the basics. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of people like, you know, it's like any organization in any archery discipline. Uh, it's got its, you know, it's, it's positives and negatives. Um, in my opinion, in the States, it's got the best 3d game going. Um, you shoot, you go out in a course, you shoot, it's like a walkthrough course. So there's like, you don't walk down a trail and walk, you know, do all the like shoot down, walk back, shoot down, walk back where you can see everything at a time. Like, yeah. like that's what the ASA does. That's how they can filter so many people so quick. Um, the IBO, it's just like you go on a path and you walk the path. Some of them are walkbacks, but even the walkbacks, you just keep going, you keep on going through the woods. Um, the guy setting up the course does a pretty good job of giving you everything and anything. Um, you know, you might, uh, usually you don't get a coyote at 30 yards, but you might, but you might also get like a, you know, big 10 point buck at like 11, 12 yards. Hmm. Um, so you get prepared for anything and everything in between. I heard this year at some point they had like a four yard target. Um, so you just got to be prepared. Like, you know, yeah, they're an easy target. Everybody's going to hit it, but those ones you need the 11s. <laughs> you don't want to be shooting tens on, you know, four yard target, eight yard target, but, uh, IBO does a great job of setting courses. Like I said, I think they got the best in the, in the game. They got some deficiencies too, like every other organization. Um, but the IBO world championship, you're, you're peer grouped. So you don't shoot with anybody, but you know, people in your class. So, you know, that's, that's a, that's a positive. Um, some other organizations do that. Um, sometimes IBO doesn't do it. Like in the first three, three le or two legs, you can shoot with basically whoever. Um, but the, the third leg, they peer group you in uh, the world championship, you get peer grouped. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it it's a, it's an organization. I'm a lifetime member. I've been a lifetime member for probably 18 years now. Um, yeah, so I'm, I got my money back. <laughs> definitely have. Um, from now it's, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're an organization that right now they just do unknown stuff and that's what they want to keep doing for a little while. And hopefully, um, hopefully continues to be great for them. I think they had like 900, uh, shooters at this, this world's, which is, up, which was up from like 800 from last year, you know, last, last year, post COVID, every, you know, that was probably their lowest, poorest outing. Um, but this one was back up like another, you know, 12 and a half percent. So that was, that was good. Hey, what, where was it located this year? Uh, to park in West Virginia. And is that, um, is that the rotating that rotates or no, this one, this tournament, does that rotate? Uh, yeah, they, I, I'm pretty sure. I think they made the announcement. It's going to be there again next year. They usually do it on a, usually a two year commitment. And then they, okay. they go from there whether or not they want to move it or, or do it for another year. Um, they've been moving it, you know, every two or three years, but it's like the IBO is, you know, kind of like ASA is kind of like South Southern Eastern organization. Mm -hmm. they, they, they do have one in Texas, but they're in, you know, Alabama, Georgia, uh, Tennessee. So that like that zone and, and IBO is, you know, PA, Ohio, Indiana, West Virginia. So they're more located, you know, uh, probably like mid-Atlantic kind of. Yeah. 
Well, IBL is huge here in Pennsylvania. I mean, it's, uh, we don't have the ASA following really at all. So yeah. it's, it's definitely it's something that we've always been exposed to here. Hopefully the ASA come. I like the ASA, but, um, you know, it's it's definitely something that's had a foothold up in this New, New England area-ish, West Virginia, yeah. East, Maryland, Ohio, East, Northeast for a long time. So um cool stuff man well let's get into let's get into some of the results you you good with that sure. yeah so you know we talked a little bit beforehand we wanted to start with um well santo's listening now so i guess we'll have to say the cooler people at ibo world championships the longbow shooters um cooler or not cool whatever cooler you want or not cooler um <laughs> well it looks like you were shooting with like the most senior uh 3d hack of them all uh in practice and he happened to come in third mr Callum. yeah almost i don't know if uh um there's there's a couple uh old, older guys uh jack rudy i think was uh um he might have been the oldest one there he's got to be pushing uh, upper 70s um he's an old time old time longbow shooter it's been around the block for a very long time um he, he shot all right i think he ended up uh, was he ended up 12th but you know he we see him. We haven't seen him for quite a while, but it was nice to see him. Him and Bobby Parks. Bobby Parks is another one that's probably mid seventies, um, getting around, slinging them pretty good. And he shot pretty decent. He shot Trad Worlds, and he ended up. Uh, I think he won the self bow class um, at Trad Worlds. So he he brought his self bow to this and and flung some arrows walking around the course with his self bow. Um, that's pretty. But yeah, I, I, I roomed with Calvin. He shot pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean he'll he'll be the first to tell you he didn't shoot great, but he shot he shot well um, most of the time. I mean, and we had a couple. Looking at score wise, he's right there. He's in the mix. Yeah, 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 yeah. He 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 shot all right. He, he said he gave up a lot of uh, um, targets where he bad gapped or just misjudged, um, and he shot like a lot of fives, um, which is kind of common for you know some of the longbow guys that shoot fives because you got if you know if you get a, like a bobcat at you know 10 yards or something that's going to be a pretty big gap for most of the long bushers so now you got to guess your gap you know what's uh you know whatever it is 12 inches 16 inches on a on a target that you're not super familiar with especially like calvin he hasn't shot uh, ibo in a while so he hasn't seen these targets in a long long time if ever because some of these targets i saw this weekend i've never seen um so yeah, he shot pretty good. They had a couple of there's there's a good handful of Italians that came over and shot uh Alf, Alfredo, um, one of Calvin's buddies, uh, from one of the 3D worlds, I think. Um, he shot and he shot pretty good the first first two days, but struggled a little bit on the, the last day. Uh Dave Wallace is a you know longtime legend for the IBO uh longbow class. He's well, yeah, I don't know how old he is. He's in the upper 60s, I believe. He's been around a long, long time. Um, he actually had a shoot-off with the winner, Ken, Ken Jordan. So I was going to ask, because he has a higher cumulative score by what the no, results, right? No, they're the same. No, they're the same. So, they so same. when you look at the results for arrows, like you have um, the score that's in the white, and that's your first two-day score. Oh, okay. but then they have a little blue box, and that includes the 10, 10 final arrows. So right. your total score is in that. So um, for, like, the pro class, they shoot off all positions, all ties. There, you know, no Xs. You shoot off for them at the World Championship. For the traditional side, they do that only for the first place. Um, so if there's a tie in second or third, 
um they just go by x count and if x counts tied then then they go to a shoot off oh, um wow. so we didn't know this because it's um we didn't really i don't think i've ever seen it happen um and mark my friend who's on the board he's never seen it happen so like we're we're going down there and watch because we had a friend in the shoot off shooting compound and uh mark comes up to me he's like hey uh i didn't know this but apparently you know there's shoot offs for all for all classes uh for first so we had to give uh dave and ken ken a call to to come down and get their stuff together and oh, shoot yeah, a shoot off no there in front of everybody um, so they had to so, practice literally just to shoot one arrow no there's no practice you go no down practice. there and shoot yeah. Oh yeah, that's wild. Oh my god! Yeah, Ken, Ken took the first shot and threw a pretty banging arrow down there. Um, Dave had to follow up that, and he shot one a little bit left. But uh, yeah, Ken came in, and I don't know if he hit the eleven or came darn close to smoking the eleven on his uh, first shot. It shows that he won by an X count. So, like the blue that, box, that's, X's, um, X's, then he has so, a plus one. So yeah, X count don't matter. Like okay. I said, it doesn't matter for the first place. So okay. even though it looks like Ken beat him on X's, he um he didn't he beat him on a shoot off arrow. Um so they just that's how they, they placed it. Um I get it now. I get it. Cause, it, oh. Cause here it looks like Ken shot Ken and Dave both shot five X's for the first four targets and all the other uh you know, the final ten they didn't shoot any. Got it. Okay. But, yeah, shoot yeah. off. But that's how that goes. And then the the fourth place guy there, uh, Bill Cur Curlis, um, he's a he's a flashback from the old day. Like the first IBO shoot I ever went to was the Open Championship, and I was in the fi final five in the uh, uh, they called it Recurve Hunter at the time, which is basically trad. I don't think we had any metal bows or maybe Rod Jenkins had one. I think Rod Jenkins had a metal bow. He was the only one he ended up winning that year. Um, but one of the shoot off buddies that were there was uh, Bill Curlis and he's the, uh, him and Levy Bryant. Um, they're the only two that are still around that I shot with at my very first one. I think that was like 2004, or 2003. Some history there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Bill's been around the block still out there he's, he's not even bill's not even that old i think i was like 20 24 at the time bill might have been like 30 so bill's only like you know 55 right now somewhere around there oh so he's not paul vogel old he's just <laughs> well, speaking so, of paul vogel i guess we'll move on a little bit and, yeah we can go to the, the get, in, uh, get into the senior trad guys give, give them we'll a little bit of uh um uh, we'll get them out of the way before they go to the you know it's before they go to the <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, think I think they already take the, took in their uh, metal musical shock for the night. <laughs> oh, oh man, that's <laughs> um, I'll have to send this live feed to Paul so he can watch it. And he's probably uh, fourth fourth place. Paul, um, the better looking Paul. I, I've never met him, um, but it looks like he shot okay in the final day. So. Yeah, so he looked like I'll get into the difficulty stuff of the targets um, when we get to mine. Um, so Paul, yeah, Paul, Paul must have shot pretty good. And then my buddy Paul Vogel, he's he's been a friend of mine. I I met him at one of the Open Worlds probably eight years ago, ten years ago. We've been you know pretty good friends ever since. He he shot all right. Um, he shot all right. He didn't he didn't make out too bad. He ended up fourth. And then 
Levy Bryant is the one that I told you about that he was in the first group I ever shot at at the Open Worlds for the finals. And Levy, Levy took second that year. Um, and now he's shooting uh, senior trad. He's one of the uh, board members. He's the, the pretty much the head guy for the, the traditional side. I know him and, and my, him and my friend Mark uh, Lind. Um, those are the two that kind of do most of the stuff on the trad side. Um, it looks, judging by his scores, he shot pretty good. The final, uh, the final uh, ten yeah. targets, he shot really, really good. Yeah. And then Lonnie, um, I met Lonnie a few years ago. I don't, I don't really see Lonnie very much because I think he only shoots three D, and I've only met him like once or twice. Um, but yeah, he shot pretty good. Um, looked like he was trying to mount a comeback, but um, the guy who ended up winning, uh, Glenn, um, people, most of the people know him as Mike. But I always call him Glenn because, according to IBO, he's been Glenn for forever. <laughs> but he shot pretty good. Um, I don't know if he was the only one shooting a metal bow or not. He was shooting either a 19 or 21 inch CD. Mm. Um, but yeah, he shot pretty good his first day. First two days were, were pretty solid. I think his first day he shot like in the 180s, 180 something. Um, it was pretty pretty solid, 186 or something. It was pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, in the finals, he, it looks like he shot all right. But yeah, Glenn's a good guy. I think he'll be. He usually goes to the classic too. I I I think, um, but he does a lot of 3D. Nice. All right. Good stuff. Congrats, gentlemen, and Glenn slash Mike on your uh, on your belt buckle. Um, yep. Paul, don't be mad that we were talking about you. All right, buddy. <laughs> We'll talk to you later. Uh, moving on, we're gonna go to just trad then, right? Yeah. Trad, yeah. There's so a regular there's a trad lot of class. So yeah. Oh, uh, senior trad I think is uh, it's either sixty or sixty-five and older. Okay. Um, I forgot to mention that, but it's either sixty or sixty-five. It's not fifty like traditional class, like a traditional style like senior class, but they they do a little bit older. I can't remember. It's sixty or sixty-five. Um, that's your responsibility as a listener to figure out what age bracket that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but most of most of these guys in the in the trad trad class, um, I don't really know. Um, there there looks like there was a couple yeah, a couple of ones that were from uh, from Italy came. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know Brian and Peter. That was fifth and fourth. Or Brett, that was third. I don't. I'm not familiar with them. Like yeah, Brett Elford, third place with uh, yeah. thirty qualifying, seventeen, three thirty, three thirty qualifying, and eighty seven in the finals. Eighty seven in the finals. If you shot that course, it was pretty good. Um, you know, then, uh, about it, of course, I do. I do know Randy. Um, if people don't know anything on the trip trad side, they should know Randy. Randy's been a solid shooter for many, many years. Um, We've done some, you know, head-to-head battles through the years. Um, when I shot Trad, um, he shot RU for a long time and then came down to Trad when Dwayne and I were shooting Trad. And we had some pretty good pretty good scores put up back in the day. Um, he's a pretty solid shooter. Uh, he's gone to the Classic, Lancaster Classic, a couple of times. Um, one year he put up, like, I don't know, he's probably a fifth qualifying score. Wow. Um, yeah, he shot pretty good, like by fifth five upper 540s something like that and it was pretty good so he's a solid shooter he's a he's kind of like a instinctive gap shooter 
Hmm. Um, I don't know exactly the intimate details of it, but I know he's got like a, a short gap and a long gap, you know, for close targets and far targets. And then he just like kind of, you know, guesses in between when he's on fire, he's really tough to beat. I mean, you can see the first, uh, his first 40 targets pretty good. He had a, you know, nine point lead, um, you know, 378 is pretty stout. Yeah. Um, and then struggled a little bit on the, uh, the final, final round, but, you know, took home second. There's no, no really, no shame in that really. Um, especially when, you know, your first two guys are just pretty banging. They're, uh, uh, James Cyphers, uh, Friends know him as Tick. Uh, apparently, there's a, a an intimate story about that <laughs> that I will I will get the details the next uh, the next yeah. year I go to. We there. may we may need to do another episode and invite James over a couple of beers. <laughs> Sell out all the good the good information. Um, but, so James but James, I know I know James shot a monster first day. Um, I think he was in the upper 80s, if not. Yeah, upper upper eighties in the in the first day, and then shot like around an eighty the second day, um, and then shot a ninety two finals. It's that's pretty good. He's a he's he's he works like a like an in enforcement industry where he's got to like um kind of like shuttle some not so great people around. <laughs> so he's a pretty he's a pretty big dude. Um, muscles for days <laughs> well, congrats james i mean and james, james the tick ciphers yeah and james is uh pretty hardcore instinctive gap shooter too um mm -hmm. where he doesn't like you know he sees the arrow in the periphery um but doesn't really have like a, a gapping system so when he's on he's on and uh this weekend that weekend he was he was on <laughs> congratulations james and randy and brett uh on your top three there um getting into female barebell we have some familiar names uh i know to me at least um yeah. ruby ruby chambers we see ruby everyone knows ruby uh she makes it out to everything one of the biggest supporters of the game um came in third uh with let's see here 285 qualifying score. So that's the two day score. And then the 68 was her shootout score for the, the last 10 targets. Um, Allison Eaton, we all know Allison. She's a, a USA archery coach. She shot Allison. Did she shoot? She's from the East Coast, right? She's yeah. Um, Virginia. I think Allison, she Virginia every year for target yeah, internationals. Yeah. Either Virginia or. Uh... I thought she was from like Carolinas, Tennessee, and then she moved. Oh um, yeah, she, maybe. I, I'm just saying that's where she shot. But yeah. But yeah, she's in that she's in that mid-Atlantic region. She and she plays with all kinds of different like she shoots Olympics sometimes. She plays with Trad, Barbo. Yeah, she she came from the Olympics. She shot the Olympic side for a, a few years. Um, then shot some Barbo stuff uh two years ago, maybe where he, she started dabbling a little bit. Yep. So, um we'll go we'll go back a, a little bit there uh serena oh, was yeah. uh one of the italian ladies that came over and and oh. shot and she's on the uh the federation she's on the, the national team i believe for for trad um okay so they, he shot a trad world archery style bow um okay. so like what you know wood wood and whatnot i'm pretty sure she shot off the shelf which with world archery i think you can use a, an uh like a 
a hoistic unrest for trad but um for here right off the shelf um and andy keys is a uh, a young she's like she might be really good um give her another year or two she's got uh i saw her shoot for the first time um we were up on the hill looking down like you know going to look down the bales and see if there's any you know recurve shooters and go down there and hang out with them and talk to them for a little bit and there was one down there a young lady shooting a a, a recurve and you're just like watch and shoot and you're like hmm like, like she's got something there and like she had like a super super solid bow arm and we ended up going down there and talking to her parents for a little bit she's i don't know she's probably right around that 19 19 year old mark mm-hmm. um so you know with a the right coach um where are they from I think she could be she could be really good uh i'm not 100 sure i didn't stop it says that. west virginia here but that could just be it also says that for serena so i don't know how accurate that yeah is. so um she shot the the uh the triple crown stuff so i'm not uh she shot all the triple crown stuff because i think she got second i think for the um triple crown or shooter of the year so hmm. yeah this is their first year she i think she was I don't know if she's Genesis and then went into it, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, that's, she shot a decent last, uh, 71. That's decent on the final, final day. Um, so she might be one to watch out for. I left the open invitation for her parents to, if they ever wanted to reach out. Cause I told her, I told them that she's like a couple things away from being probably really, really good. Nice. But good foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully she, I don't know if you said anything, but if they happen to listen to this, um hopefully they come out to the classic uh and get her involved in that maybe some indoor national stuff i mean but we 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 see these shooters that come through some of these other organizations like nas even s3da or ibo they just get into 3d because that's what's local to them they don't realize what other opportunities are out there so um and that's cool that serena so you said she shot that uh please refresh my memory wood bow yeah uh, with a stick no, or no stick on yeah she didn't have the stick on there um but yeah she shot world archery uh trad bow so yeah that's impressive. which fit which which yeah which fit this this class like female bear bow there was uh you know it the name is what it is like you know you know bear bow um which is basically world archery rules except for you can have a clicker um so you know there was some longbow shooters shooting wood arrow um it was a catch-all for for the women's class because the women's classes have been extremely light the last few years like they used to have a female trad um and they had a female barebow i believe and they were getting like one or two in each um and that's something they didn't want to they didn't want to have you know a class of one or two at uh you know the world you know their their world championship shoots so they that's what they did there yeah and then i guess first place of the combined score of those two days or or qualifying score 309 and then um so she it shows shoot off score 63 Mm -hmm. but allison had the shoot off score of a 69 but she got first dessert would they end up tying somehow no, the so where you see the shoot off score, you look just underneath it, it says the combined score. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. okay, so yeah, yeah. She, she ended up winning by one point, um, in like a heartbreaking fashion. Like, 
it yeah i mean you know things happen and uh allison misjudged the last target and she she, you know she ended up missing um she probably misjudged it by three four yards and shana had to to win it you know to outright win it she had to hit an 11 and she hit an 11. (laughs) so I was just you thinking know, about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? Like, I want to know. I can't imagine seeing it in person. Is there a video yeah. of that somewhere? I don't know if there is. No. 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 Uh, no. I mean, but that's, I mean, good on her. That's, that's clutch. Yeah. You know? yeah and, and, and Shanna is, uh, she's pretty well known in, in the trad side. She does a lot of like shoots down in Texas. And for quite a few years, she, you know, pretty much wins everything. <laughs> so so I, she ended up i don't know if she ended up shooting a bob lee or what I, she shot a wood bow off the shelf this year for female bear bow, that's what she shot yeah yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that's what she shot that's what she normally shoots um but, well congratulations yeah. shana um on your win and and obviously allison on the on silver and, and ruby of course um one of the nicest kids in bear bow on on her third place um yeah well Shan- and shanna does do a lot of stuff for the uh you know the 3d side she does a lot of stuff um down at the uh, trad worlds too like you know help run shoots and nice. you know for the kids and stuff you know her mark lynn and and uh levy bryant do a lot of stuff down there for that shoot go ahead john uh, she's a shooter and a worker so she she does put a lot of time into it well that's impressive i was gonna say it would it that combination of people and the years that they've dedicated to it and maybe to talk about some of the the history behind ibo might be a good podcast with like mark lind and um some of these like these people have been involved in these organizations just to give them some um i don't want to say recognition because they don't do it for recognition but give them a platform to talk about their organization and what they do and stuff like that been around for a long long time so um i guess we'll get into last but not least um the the men's barebow um i know a handful of these people um but not all of them and i know ben who's listed down there congratulations ben on on a job well done last weekend or weekend before whatever it was i know ben's watching right now so i just wanted to give him a shout out i appreciate you logging in buddy um, so talk to us about how men's barbo went and 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 those details. So yeah, the all weekend my group was uh Ben, um Jeremiah, uh and Levi. Um that was our that was the group I shot with um all all weekend. Um Levi was a good kid. He's he straight off of Genesis, um, didn't shoot us an exceptional high score. But, you know, we gave, you know, tried to bring him along a little bit throughout the shoot and, and give him some pointers and then help him along. Um, we made a few changes, like, during the shoot. <laughs> the first four targets, before, you know, when we realized there was something wrong with his equipment and we fixed that and, you know, because he started out pretty rough. I don't think he hit a target for the first, like, six arrows. And a lot of it was um, just equipment wasn't uh, set up right or it just wasn't working properly so we adjusted that and he started hitting targets and having a lot, a lot more fun um so it was, it was nice shooting with levi he was a he's a pretty pretty nice kid um 
so we shot with Ben. I shot with Ben. Uh, ben, you know, he, he's got some changes he's going to make. He realized pretty quick uh, after shooting with Jeremiah and, and myself the first two days that he's going to he's going to have to speed up that bow just a smidge because um, when he was off like three yards, sometimes they weren't connecting like well at all. So that will that's going to be fixed um, for sure. Um, so he, had, you know, he had a pretty good learning experience for, for that weekend. Um, so that was, I'm sure that was a pretty good success for Ben. Um, Alan, I don't think I've ever met Alan until the final day. Um, he shot pretty, he shot pretty decent for that final course. Um, apparently he shot, you know, well, the first two days. So he carried on over to the final he didn't shoot too bad uh jeremy stout he's been he's he's i don't know if he's been shooting 3d for like eight years by now something like that i know he was he was shooting for a couple years when i when i quit shooting um 3d uh and he took a year off and came back um and he shot pretty good he shot pretty solid the first two days i think he shot 176 both days and then the final's not too bad um so he's he's a he's a solid shooter um, sometimes can put up some pretty good numbers. Uh, Jeremiah, you know, a lot of people know, maybe not a lot of people know Jeremiah. He came from the Genesis program. Uh, he shot really well at NFAA Indoor Nationals and Vegas. Uh, he won both uh, in in the barrel class. Um, so he's a good he's a good dot shooter, indoor dot shooter. Three um, D, he struggles quite a bit for three D. Like you never know what you're going to get with him. Um, he might go on a string of 11s and then might go on a string of fives of misjudging. So um, when he gets that uh, judging thing down, yeah, you know, he's, he's, already he's yeah, he's fully capable of uh, putting a hurting on a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Short, <laughs> I mean, story, short story about Jeremiah people. Uh, first of all, congrats to Jeremy on, on third place. Jeremiah Jones last year, we, you and I were shooting together in the, in the practice range. And um, you know, I see this kid with like this, freaking hair sticking out of his hat because i'm like you can tell he's young it's like curly i'm like yeah that kid's got a head of hair and then i'm watching him shoot bringing bow arm for days you know young kid quiet not talking to anybody i'm like this kid can shoot and he's over there just pounding the middle pounding the like I'm like there's there's something there you can see it and man he had a hell of an indoor season so it's not a surprise to me to hear that he is he is hitting podiums with IBO and and doing what he's doing and getting that experience and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for as long as he can keep up with traveling and shooting his tournaments so but yeah and he, he shot a really good you know final day um he started he started out pretty good and a couple tens couple elevens the first five five or six targets um he ended up with a 92 it's that's pretty good for that course that was that was by far and away the hardest 10 set we had all weekend. Um, you know, our first two days we had a couple, I thought they were pretty easy, but I'm basing everything off, um, you know, 10 years ago I shot like previous to Larry Cade setting the courses where Larry, he'll give you some close ones. He'll give you some medium ones. He'll give you some far ones. Um, but we haven't had an ex we haven't had like anything really over max um, mm -hmm. since Larry set them up um previous to larry uh they would set one medium they would set half of them far and they would set half of them past max <laughs> that's how it used to work <laughs> so scores way back then if you shot in 
I had a couple ones way back in the day that were in, you know, in the three seventies for uh, a 40 target course. And that was like really well, you know, really, really good where our average shot was like 28, 29 yards, mm-hmm. you know, with mixed in with some 33s um, a lot of like 27 to thirties. Um, but you know, this judging off of that, this was pretty easy. Like, but you know, this is probably what it should be. Um, you'll get a couple, you'll get a couple like 10 to 12 yards. You'll get a pile of them 20 to 25 and then a pile of them 25 to 28 and mixed in with a couple of thirties. Um, and they would, they would do that where they and like they would mix up distances. So, you know, you might get a far one, you might get a medium one, medium one, and then they'll throw a short one and then a far one or something like that. You know, they'll be, they'll be mixing up the distances, but then they'll always be, they'll be mixing up the sizes too. So, you know, they might, you might get up to like a 28 yard caribou. I mean, I think it looks like it's in your face. It looks like it's 25 yards. Then they throw, you know, a 28 yard feeding doe. Uh, (laughs) That thing looks really really far. (laughs) So he does, he does some pretty good sets where he throws some stuff in tunnels. Um, So, you know, you might not misjudge badly, but you know, he sets them up. So you have the potential to misjudge two, three yards. And then, you know, you're starting to shoot a pile of eights instead of tens. Um, so they do play some tricky stuff. We had a couple, a couple this weekend. Um, we were probably shooting probably 20 degree hills. Um, not, not a lot, but we had a couple 20 degrees. We had a couple like 10, 12 degrees side hills. Um, they set up, they use the, the terrain pretty good. We, mm-hmm. we had somewhere we had to judge over a, a, like a valley and stuff. So they took away yardage. Um, we had somewhere we had to judge over logs. So they took away yardage that way. Um, but yeah, I would say the first two days, our average shot was probably like that 25 yard target range, somewhere around 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And the last day was probably more like 26. Cause they, they had one close one that probably, skewed the numbers a little bit but then they had you know they had a good handful that was like 27 to 30. oh wow they had a couple you had to judge right right in the middle of the field too so you know a wide open field shots are aren't the easiest to judge (laughs) definitely not um pretty hard the the final day was pretty hard okay I i was gonna say you know do you do you remember what the the actual distances were and what the targets were but if not no big deal it'd be interesting to know how that no I, I remember a couple of them they, they had a coyote for us that was at like 27 yards we shot from the bright um driving range green into like through a little valley and then into the woods uh-huh. um that one was that one was a little tricky one I, I i took my time judging that one and and you know by that time i had a pretty good lead and i knew if i missed three targets in a row then you know people might have a chance but you know I, like it was one of those like I look at it and like, I know it can't be closer than 24 and I'm looking at, it, I know it can't be 20. It can't be further than 28. So if I shoot it for 26, I should hit it. I should be in the kill zone somewhere, shot it for 26 and just was just, the, just outside the 11. Um, I remember that one. We had a bedded doe. Gosh, I think I shot that one for 26. Um, a lot of people misjudge that one because uh, you never know in wide open field. Uh, he just like it they just look way different than in the in the woods because you don't have much to look at on the ground like you know for a tree or you know a a, a weed or something to try to find 20 or try to find your your mid distance if it's 10 or whatever 
we did have a uh, probably a 17 or 18 yard, uh, well, probably like a 18 degree, uh, some kind of horned animal. Mm. Um, that one was one of the beginning, one of the first ones. That was a you know not not hard, but it's hard to like you know footing and you know not you know trying to keep everything balanced and trying to shoot up you know trying to shoot uphill like that mm-hmm. it it you know it doesn't sound like 18 degrees doesn't sound that hard until you start until you pull back and lean back and try to make a good uh steady shot uh i remember that one um i think we had i think i ended up on a, the final shot was a 27 27 or 28 yard animal and and uh i ended that one up with an 11 so that was the last one. They took some. They took some ground away from that one too. They, I think, we had to shoot over a log on that one. Uh, I see. What what kind of targets are they? Are they Reinhardt's or Mackenzie? Yeah, yeah, all Reinhardt's. All right. Um, okay. Yeah, the the tricky one was the trickiest one for me was a Bobcat, um, like a looked like a gray lynx or Bobcat mm-hmm. style looking thing. It was just a small like yeah. crunched up cat. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I didn't know like. You know, I went into this thing thinking I'm gonna, you know, do some hodgepodge gapping and and uh, string walking right through the distance, yeah. and I ended up string walking most of the distances um, just because I don't know the sizes of, of a lot of these animals. Um, I grew up most of the IBO shooting uh, Mackenzies, and I pretty much have all the Mackenzies. You know, that might maybe not memorized now, but for the most part, I. I you give me a couple of days on Mackenzie's, I'll remember all the target sizes, you know, by then, like the, you know, belly to the 11 ring kind of deal. Uh, and that's what you got to figure out when you're gap shooting is like how, how thick is the target? Um, how thick is the, the, uh, uh, the insert, you know, how big is the 10 ring kind of deal. So you can kind of gauge where your gaps are going to be. But this weekend I didn't do much gapping. Uh, the only gapping I did on some targets were if they were like 26 to 30, you know, I didn't gap any of the close stuff because I couldn't, you know, I don't, I don't remember how big a fallow deer is. And, you know, if the fallow deer's belly is five inches and I think it's seven, I'm two inches off already. And I might as well just string walk to the distance. And if I'm two yards, I'll be two inches off. It'll be the same thing. So, you know, a lot of them, I just string walk to the exact distance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your setup allows you to do that too. So you weren't, you weren't giving up a lot of drop on because of speed on uh yeah it's it's surprisingly you know there's surprisingly a bigger drop than most people would think um I, it was kind of weird like i could gap and i would gap like my 30 at 20 and i'd hit about eight inches high mm-hmm. so you know i would have an eight inch gap from 20 basically from eight yards to 20 i'd have an eight inch gap mm-hmm. um and then you know, after that, it would just incrementally get, you know, smaller and smaller as I get out to 30 yards. Um, but if I string walked 25 yards and shot it for a 30 yard target, um, or if I string walked 30 and shot a 25 yard target, either way, I would be um, like almost seven inches off. Mm. Like there was a huge jump. And I don't know if that's because of my arrow being on the shorter side. Um, that might have a lot to do with, you know, the, you know, the perceived trajectory, um, from arrow tip to impact, um, that might be where that those gaps were abnormally large for me. 
like the drop offs. Probably dropping some knowledge bombs right now about things that people don't really think about when they're shooting 3D. To be honest with you, John. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. you're going into some advanced discussion, which is fine. It's not, but I'm just yeah. letting people know, like you pay attention to this part or come back and listen to it again because, you know, you're you're talking the same shot but shooting at it from two or three different ways. And you know a one inch difference in your gap to get hit the, to get the same result, and you know what I mean. Yeah. So like I was I was uh, gap shooting like twenty six to thirty just because if I was off a yard there, my impact would actually be you know maybe that much closer if I was gapping than if I was string rock walking right to the twenty six yard mark and it ended up being twenty eight. You know. If I gapped at 26 and shot it and it was 28, I would be about an inch and a half low. But if I string walked at 26 and it was 28, I'd be like two and a half inches low. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, good stuff, man. I appreciate your your wealth of knowledge and willingness to really kind of give IBO um, and all of the the trad, barebo, traditional people some limelight and, and share a lot of information, you know, because you're you're uh you're such an ambassador for the sport and ibo is definitely a thing that we don't get to talk about much and with your recent success and and the growth that they've had they've had some growth within it as well meanwhile we're we're knocking on the door of target nationals i guess that closes tomorrow so those of you that are planning to shoot or unsure go sign up i'll put the link in the comments as soon as this is over and um go go get out to that tournament unfortunately i will see you all there at some point in time i am not shooting this year it interferes too much with my school schedule um i'm not gonna lie i'm kind of enjoying a little bit of a break right now so um but i'll be there probably saturday maybe another day as well hopefully i'll hopefully i'll have my bow by then (laughs) i might not even be shooting my target setup yet (laughs) i i hope you do i hope you do as well i hope to have one uh not gonna lie there's a new thing coming that i am excited for and i think i might focus on relaxing right now not worry obviously i'm not shooting any outdoor target and uh just focus on potentially shooting a little bit indoor with this new this new uh piece of equipment is all i will say Uh, hopefully that's great (laughs) um i'm interested to hear hear your thoughts when it does when it does come around so All right, man. Thank you so much. Congrats once again on the belt buckle and the championship. I know fishing season's almost here. I know, uh, you know, you got, there it is, people. There it is. How many of those things do you have right now? Are they all right there? Do you have like a bowl? No, they're, bowl? they're all, they're all scattered out, but um, a shout out to uh, Adar. Oh yeah. Red leather Archie works. Yeah. He made this slick that dude so cool buckle holder i gotta fill it out i don't know if i have enough to fill them out because I, I i didn't shoot ibo for that long but so two, that's four, why you shot this. Nine, i might have i might have uh i might have to to try to win one more to fill it out we'll see but yeah adar sent me that in like january or something and i never opened it up because i never felt like I never felt like I deserved it. You know, I know it was in there, but I wanted to wait for a special occasion um, to open it up and, and put it to use. So finally, finally uh, earned it in my opinion. So I can't I wait to it. use it and, and, 
definitely a shout out to to Adar. He's a yeah. Make sure you find your belt buckles. Get them on that bad boy and and post some pictures up. Um, yeah. yeah, the dude does amazing work. He made he made a uh, quiver for me. Oh, actually, he well, I, I take it back. He ma- he made the quiver for me. The quiver was quickly scoffed up by my son and put on his bow. And it's one with the Spartan, the Spartan okay. head over it and stuff. Yeah, I mean, just the the dude is so amazing. He makes some awesome stuff. So go check out Red Leather Archie Works. Give that guy uh, like his page and go give him a share. Yeah. He's and he's a talented man. He is a super. Yeah. He's not just a leather guy. He's not just an archery guy. Um, you know, his profession is just amazing. So go check him out. But all right, man, I am I'm gonna bounce. I'm going to the gym. And right now, that's what I'm doing. So those I'm of gonna you go eat some carrot cake. What, what's that? You're gonna go eat carrot cake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not me, man. I've been hitting it pretty hard and I'm enjoying it. My wife and I have been going a lot uh, ever since my surgery. That's all I've been doing. So uh, it's things are going well and I'm enjoying it. It's making me happy. So um everyone uh go check out the the, uh, outdoor target national sign up try to get up for that uh i'll put ibo and all their information in this episode when i upload it to youtube those of you who are out there that listen i think we got up to like 18 viewers john just so you know it's not too wasn't too bad it wasn't the four that we normally get we got a couple (laughs) uh well santo is there and he doesn't really count because we know he's always going to be there but and speaking of good luck to that guy he's got uh, he's going to be representing Team USA here very soon, going to Argentina, representing the, the Team Longbow. Um, so good luck to him uh, and the rest of the team as well. And I guess that's it. All right. Good enough, man. Peace, Peace out, people. Barrel Project is out. See you, John. See you.